Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're on SENZ. This is Extra Time. And joining us to talk motorsport is Eric Thompson. ET, how are you, mate? Really good, thanks, Ricardo. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good. You must be excited. I mean, we've had it all kick off. Uh, you know, this weekend, the first round of supercars last weekend, we had F1 and, and IndyCar get underway. It's uh, it's all happening, mate. And maybe we should start with IndyCar because uh, three Kiwis in the uh, in the reckoning this year. And boy, uh, Marcus Armstrong went a right first first dig, didn't he? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, did. I thought he did extraordinarily well, Marcus Armstrong. He, um, you know, for a rookie, that's his first race. He's only done a bit of testing. Um, but then again, every, we've all got to remember, he was a, incredibly quick and very, very good in Formula 2. You know, he's a race winner and been on the podiums. And he says the cars, when I've chatted to him in the past, he says the cars are pretty similar. You know, um, the Indy car doesn't have as much aero downforce. It's more mechanical, um, which means that's why in, you watch Indy car racing, the cars, you know, they're side by side, three wide, you know, three deep, because you know you can't really do that in Formula One because they require um, too much um, aero downforce. But for him to stay out of trouble, because the first lap there was chaos and carnage, and then at lap forty odd there was more chaos and carnage, and there were people punting into the tire walls left, right, and centre. And Mark Armstrong stayed out of trouble. But the big thing for me is how mature he was, because he got rear-ended and got a flat tire on the opening lap. So he had to pit. So he came out nearly dead last and, and to just miss out on a top 10 to come home in 11th, I thought it was outstanding for him. Yeah, what's the talk uh, been a- around him over in the States, particularly from the uh, you know the media in the States that follows IndyCar? Yeah, he's quick. I think he hasn't made a bigger splash as uh, Scott McLaughlin because that really was like, holy gee, he's another New Zealander who's only ever raced tin tops. You know, his first foray into open wheelers. And, you know, and then in his second season, he, he won at St. Pete's last season. So I think a lot of the chat is about, like, oh, God, it's just another bloody Kiwi. You know, it's almost like, geez, they come over here to IndyCar and they go fast because Scott sent the Dixon, sent the benchmark. Then you got McLaughlin, who's winning races, and you got Marcus finishing midfield in his first race and staying out of trouble. Which is good to see. Uh, on Scott, uh, he did get into trouble, uh, but he owned it too. I thought he owned it very well. Yes, he did. Um, very unlike uh, Formula One, where no, nobody owns up to anything. It's everybody else's fault. But um, I thought it was interesting with Roman Grosjean having a bit of a pout straight afterwards because a lot of fans of IndyCar will notice the last couple of years that Grosjean, when he migrated across from Formula One, in Formula One, he had a lot of accidents and caused a lot of accidents. And in IndyCar, he was clipping people and going for lunges left, right and centre. So it's a bit like the pot calling the kettle black. But McLaughlin owned it, went over. The two of them are mates. So, you know, went over and it was great. And that footage of them having a hug afterwards, I think it sent the bench, it's a really good benchmark example that it's racing. You know, things are going to happen. They both want to win. So. 
they probably get grumpy about it. No, he didn't stand and he, did, he didn't walk past his uh, his pit lane and and, and 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 run his thumb across his throat or anything. He just just owned no. it and got stuck in. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> no, no, nice link. Yeah, now he he did lead the race for thirty seven laps. Um, I mean, <laughs> how big is this year? For Scott McLaughlin, I mean, is he in your books as likely to win IndyCar this year as Scott Dixon? Yeah, yeah, he, he's an absolute bona fide cast iron, gold plated, etc., 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 title contender without a shadow of a doubt. The same as Dixon. Again, you know, like Dixon, the old stager, picks up three, you know, picks up points. Points means prizes. Um, he would have liked to have won. I mean, he got he got a, he, he got unstuck a little bit with that blend line thing. I, I can't understand. I mean, I know technically what it does, but I don't understand why they do it. It just doesn't make sense to me. So he, you know, he came out in the lead. If that was hadn't been a yellow flag, a million, you know, two seconds before he came out of pit lane, he would have grabbed the lead, and I doubt anybody would have caught him. But anyway, he had to give up four spots. Mm, yeah, well, and he, I mean, he still he still finished third. So, like you say, he's mm-hmm, banking, mm-hmm. banking points early. Um, I know it's early in the season. Will Powers around, Alex Palau's around, um, Marcus Erickson won, Erickson won this race. Pat Ward yeah. came second. Uh, I mean, who do you like this season? Who are the Kiwis got to got to knock off? Um, I think Marcus Erickson will be a real threat this year to the Kiwis. Um, a real threat. He's got a swagger about him now. Uh, and that's because he won the Union Atlas 500 last year. And he, he's with Chick Ganassi Racing. You know, he's with a really good team. He's at the powerhouse team now. Those four drivers, you know, the two Kiwis in there. It's just, mate, that, that, I think they'll put Penske to the sword a bit. I think McLaughlin will be the only Penske driver that will challenge. Will Power had a flash in the pan last year. And he hung around a bit when, that, you know, just was there, right place at the right time. But... You know, the guy can qualify well, but he's not. He doesn't have much race craft, mm. and he always looks grumpy. So, um, <laughs> it's because it's it's because he's a strong hard man to like. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. hard man to like. You know, who he reminds me of who? is Cardell, that cyclist that won the Tour de France. Oh yeah, yeah. they both look like they're chewing on a wasp. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, put. I digress. Sorry. That's all right, mate. Uh, well, l- let's uh, have a quick squiz at uh, Formula One. Another another Formula One season, another Ferrari mishap in the opening race. Um, w- will they ever get it right? Uh, you know, there's too many. There's too many managers in that team, and it's well regarded as that. You know, like Toto Wolff, he is Mercedes. What he says goes. And then you've got, you know, at Red Bull, it's Christian Horner. Boom. That's it. You know, and a lot of the teams are like that. You get to Ferrari, and although you've got a team, new team principal, there'll be family members in the background saying, no, we would be doing this, or no, you've got to do that. And all these chiefs sitting around the table. And it's, it's, it's just a beast of a thing to try and uh, manage. And they've got to be careful because Charles Leclerc won't hang around if they keep making errors like that, you know, they ruined two or three of his races. Um, that to me about that drive to survive season five or whatever that dropped earlier this month was the, 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 the fundamental errors and decision-making that they made. I mean, I'm still amazed that they finished second in the championship. It's almost like they tried to, <laughs> tried to finish last. <laughs> so, so they've, you know, they've got to sort it out. They've got to streamline their management. One guy makes a decision 
and um, you know, and, and then you're accountable for your decisions afterwards. But hey, very impressed with Williams. Wow, see what a little bit of money does. Yeah, for them. They, yeah, they went all right. Uh, right. It's a tenth yeah. and a twelfth. Yeah, they 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 look all right. Yeah. Normally they were nineteenth and twentieth. So they're now. Aston Martin, though. Woo-hoo. I was going to say, you can, you can teach a new, uh, an old dog new tricks. Fernando Alonso turning up in that Aston Martin and grabbing third. I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming, did they? Ah, I'll put my hand up in my piece I wrote for the weekend Herald on Motorsport. I said, look out for Fernando Alonso. He will be, in my book, could be a title contender this year. And boom, he, put, he gets on the podium first time out. But to hear him on the cockpit radio saying, this is a beautiful car to drive. That's good. Mate, he's going to be, he, he'll rattle a few cages. Because you know what Red Bull's fine last year for going over their um, finance cap? They're not allowed to do any aero testing all season. Oh, wow. They got fined 100 and something million. But because the um, decision came down after they'd built their car, so the aero on their car is better than anybody else's at the moment. But they can't do any testing, so they're stuck with that car, that aero package for the whole season. So coming mid-season, Ricardo, I think it'll be interesting to see whether the others have caught up because they can still do aero, you know, they can do aero testing during the whole championship. But Red Bull have just come out really fast. And I reckon in the first half of the season, they'll, they'll be going nuts out to absolutely win as many races as they can. Yeah, because the rest of the field will. Yeah, well, um, I maybe mean, Verstappen didn't look bothered at all, did he? Nah. Oh, he was nearly a minute ahead, and then he just lifted off. Somebody said, "Oh, he finished eleven seconds ahead." He was he was cruising. He was only on gas mark four. He was just tootling around, saving the car and saving the engine. Very astute. When you know you got that much pace, there's no point banging out fastest laps if you just stay ahead. He's got a quite a good races brain. A lot of you know polarizing guys. But, and he's, you know, with his heart on his sleeve, says what he's sleeve, you know, it's his mind, but he's got a racist brain. So he realised, wow, no, you know, my car's too good today, so I'll just dial back a bit and just bring it home. Yeah. And we also, Mercedes are in a world of pain. Yeah, which is, which is, you love to see, um, just quietly. All right. Hey, here's one for you and the listeners. Ever since they've painted that car black, mm-hmm. they've had two duck seasons. And they've had a duff first race. I reckon there's something in that. It's called the Silver Arrows for a reason. It's supposed to be silver. Go back, you Mark my words, Ricardo. If they paint it silver, they'll be up around the front again. Mm, all right. And I wanted to ask you about Lance Stroll as well, because he, he finished sixth in the other Aston Martin, uh, which is a good result for him. Uh, but he, he only just made the uh, the opening race because of the injury that he sustained while cycling. And I think it's interesting to note that he can crash bikes as well as he can crash cars. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of um, Shane Van Gisbergen when he busted his collarbone and a couple of bones and broke a couple of ribs and came back and, well, won a race. Whereas Stroll didn't win. But for a guy that's got two plates, three pins and a broken toe, he didn't do too bad. I wouldn't want to be trying to muscle something around at 300 kilometres an hour when I you know, broke a whole lot of bones four, four or five weeks ago. So, good on him. Yeah, well done. Well done. All right, mate. And this weekend, supercars are back as well. The Newcastle 500. Uh, we've got the, the new GM as well. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting too. Uh, different looking cars from what's normal. I see Garth Tander's 
basically said with the Gen 3 the way it is, is um, there's no pecking order, basically. And I'm, I'm like, well, you could maybe say that off testing, but there's a bloke uh, called uh, Shane Van Gisbergen that would probably yeah. argue that point. Oh, definitely. Um, he's, you know, for two seasons, he's been head and shoulders above everybody else. But I've, from the silence that's come out of uh, Red Bull's garage and him himself, I don't think he's overly chuffed with the car because mm. he was hoping the Gen 3 car would make, you know, like make the racing closer. Yeah. You know, so he, you know, like he's one of these guys that says if he's not being pushed, he's not learning anything. So, and, it, you know, if he romps away in every race, for him, he'll, he'll just get bored and go and go race somewhere else because he wants to be challenged and pushed. It's like anything. You know, that great phrase, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room because you're not being challenged or pushed. And for him, his biggest fear is not for people not to be giving him a run for his money. And um, with these new cars, hopefully that's what was supposed to happen. But they've been so late developing them and, the testing's been pushed back and forward, so it's almost like Newcastle will be the first, will be a test. There'll be a lot of people, a lot of people struggling, I think, with the car. But um, we shall see. Be I'm quite interested to see how all this pans out. But it's a bit like watching NASCAR back in the day, you know, the Chevy with the Camaros and the Mustangs. It'll certainly um, be a different look. Yeah, and I just wonder whether what will happen because part of that, the attraction of that championship was the Ford V Holden. You know, that's what that entire building raft and, and boilerplate for that championship was about Ford during Holden. Now, it's sort of like, not for me, but I think for a lot of fans, you're going to have to try and shift their fan base because a lot of people will be looking at it and just saying, oh, they're just, you know, yank cars. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's anything got anymore. nothing to do with Australia. It's not Australia's. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it will lose some of that. Yeah, we'll lose some of that, eh? Hey, uh, I yeah. wanted to ask you about this as well. I know it's in Super 2 rather than in Supercars, uh, but uh, Channel 7 over in Aussie have, uh, have got the rights this year, and uh, they're doing something a little bit different. Jack Perkins is racing in Super 2, and he's also uh, anchoring the commentary team. Um, that's going to be an interesting uh, juggle for Jack Perkins, isn't it? So you're going to do the commentary from inside the car. Well, he's doing Super 2, so I think, no, he's racing, but then calling the supercars. Yeah, I, yeah, I read that. And just said, I, I, don't, I don't quite know how that's going to work out. But like I said, it, it could be interesting if he actually commentated on the race. Well, you'd have, you'd have, the to have somebody with some extremely good willpower and self-control not to eff and blind when somebody bumps them here, there, yep. there knowing you're on TV, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, good on Jack Perkins. He's carved out a, a you know, pretty. I met him years and years ago when um, he was actually a full time racer in the Jack Daniels car. And um, he, he's a really pleasant young man. I mean, this is about 10 years ago. And, you know, he's a diabetic, full on diabetic. And then he lost that drive and he's managed to carve a niche out for him. So, I'm pleased for him that he has. Eric, it's no surprise that they haven't asked you or me to do that. That's all I'll say um, in terms of uh, in terms of watching the gob uh, with the microphone on. But, uh, mate, listen, uh, good to chat. Uh, motorsport is always looking forward to this weekend and the first round of supercars, mate, and uh, hopefully we can catch up next week, eh? Yeah, I really look forward to catching up next weekend. And like you, looking forward to the first round of supercars.